these are pretty uh, fundamental topics or very basic topics uh, in terms of what I wanted to cover. So in terms of who can take baptism, what do we mean by baptism? Why we need to take baptism, how to do it, when to do it, and what are some blessings that we see in the scriptures uh, of those who took baptism and some concluding thoughts. And I talked about some of these uh, during the message uh, last Sunday. So this is kind of uh, related to that message and that topic. So, so this is the sequence that I see. Uh, all of us are born as sinners. And at some point, uh, we are saved. Uh, and that is what we call the born-again experience or salvation experience. And after that, we take baptism. So the starting point is the same for everyone in this world. And depending on the steps that they take uh, after that, uh, their life also uh, takes a different route. So you could be born as sinners and you could die as sinners, or you could be born as sinners and you could be saved and keep progressing uh, in your Christian journey. And baptism is the next uh, critical step uh, for your spiritual growth uh, in terms of uh, continuing in that journey. So there are people who are saved and who may choose not to take baptism. And if that is the case, then uh, they are perhaps uh, don't have the right teaching or for whatever reason, uh, they don't feel free uh, to take the next step. So we'll talk about some of these. And so salvation is uh, what we call that uh, born again experience, is that we are saved uh, from our, the penalty of sins, and we are also saved uh, from the power of sins. So the penalty of sins are the sins that we have committed in the past. So salvation gives us uh, that, uh, that salvation experience. Uh, it sets us free from whatever was the penalty for our sins. And at the same time, it also gives us power over the sins and temptations uh, that we will face uh, after we are born again or even after we are baptized. So uh, in order to say we are saved, or we have had that born-again experience, uh, it's important to understand that all of us are born as sinners. And when we say sinners, we mean that, uh, as 1 John 3, 4 says, uh, sin is a transgression of the law. And anytime we commit sin, uh, it also has uh, consequences. Uh, as we read in Romans uh, 6.23, uh, wages of sin is death. So that is the penalty that we are trying to overcome. Uh, all of us are born as sinners and all of us are faced with that prospect. Uh, if nothing is done, uh, our life would end in death or it will end in eternal uh, separation from God. It will end uh, in hell rather than heaven. So, so, so that takes us to the next step. Uh, we believe that Jesus Christ uh, came into this world uh, he died on the cross uh, for our sins. And when he died on the cross and he rose again, uh, he fully satisfied the penalty that needed to be paid uh, for our sins. So God being a holy God, uh, he cannot receive uh, sinners uh, into his kingdom or he cannot have communion with sinners. So that is why Lord Jesus Christ had to come in place uh, as a sinless person and he could offer himself as a sacrifice. And that sacrifice uh, settled that question of paying for the sins 
or the penalty for our sins. So that is a great thing about the salvation experience, that the gift of God is uh, eternal life uh, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So the penalty of sin is death, but through Christ, we are able to enjoy the eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So that is something that we need to understand and also believe. And the Bible says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord uh, will be uh, saved. So there is no uh, discrimination. You could be young, you could be old, uh, you could be rich, you could be poor, you could come from any background. You could be intellectual, you may not be intellectual. But all the Bible says is that once we recognize we are sinners, and we recognize the consequence of sin, and we believe that Lord Jesus Christ came. So we call on the Lord uh, to and ask for forgiveness uh, for our sins. And once we do that, uh, we receive the salvation experience. It says, if you shall confess with thy mouth and believe in your heart uh, that God raised Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, uh, you will be saved. So that is why we say that infants uh, cannot have the salvation experience uh, because uh, they cannot speak and they cannot uh, even understand. Uh, they cannot comprehend uh, the nature of sin. They cannot comprehend uh, the penalty of sin and so on. So that is why we mentioned on Sunday that there is no reason for infants uh, to be born again or baptized because that would be doing something without any understanding or without any conviction of heart. So obviously the question for you is, uh, have you called upon the name of the Lord at any time and sought uh, forgiveness for your sins? And there should be a day in your life where you can look back and say that uh, on this day, the truth was revealed to me and I sincerely came to the Lord. I sought forgiveness uh, for my sins and I have the assurance that my prayer was heard and all of my sins were forgiven. So different people talk about this experience uh, in different ways. Uh, some say that uh, when they go on their knees and start asking for forgiveness, uh, the Lord kind of reveals all the sins they have committed. It's almost like a movie uh, that uh, goes on in your mind. And the Lord is able to bring to your remembrance uh, all the sins you have committed, and you're able to seek uh, forgiveness. But once you do that, uh, you come out of that experience uh, with great peace uh, and with great joy, knowing that all of your burdens have been lifted. So that is the picture that is given to us. Uh, even in the pilgrim's progress, he's walking with great burden. But once he finds Christ, uh, all of that burden rolls away. So in order to take baptism, uh, as we went through the book of Acts, we also saw it there, that we need to receive uh, the word of God. Uh, the Bible says faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. So in the word of God, we uh, see uh, the gospel explained. We see Lord Jesus Christ becoming flesh and dying on the cross for our sins. And we not only have to receive the word of God, we also have to believe and we need to confess and repent of our sins, as we just mentioned. So, uh, so in terms of who can take baptism, uh, it is important that we have that uh, clear understanding of what it means to be saved. So a lot of times when we ask people uh, what they are saved from, 
uh, they may not really know what they are saved from. The Bible says we need to be saved uh, from our sins and that all of us are born as sinners. So once we have that assurance of salvation, uh, we can move to that next step, which is the baptism. So baptism, uh, we can say it's a public uh, testimony or a public witness of something that has already taken place uh, in your life. So you might have uh, made a confession of your sins uh, in the privacy of your room, or if you're married, you might have done it with your spouse, or you could have done it with a friend. You could have prayed that prayer in a private way. But when it comes to baptism, uh, you're doing it uh, publicly, and you're telling the world that uh, you have received uh, the gift of salvation, and it is something that you are willing to testify uh, with uh, boldness and also with great joy and with great uh, conviction. So in terms of your witness or your testimony, uh, all that you're saying is that there was a time uh, you were dead uh, in your sins and through the salvation experience, uh, you have been resurrected to a new life uh, and through confession of your sins and faith in the finished work on the cross. And now you belong to Christ. Uh, there was a time you belonged to Satan. Uh, you were in bondage to sin. You were in bondage to uh, satanic uh, powers and influences. Uh, but now you have chosen to uh, live a separated life. And you can say that you belong to Christ because uh, of that confession. So in Romans uh, 6.4, it says, We were therefore buried with him. Uh, through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, uh, we too may live a new life. So baptism uh, is symbolic. When we are going into the waters, we are saying that we are dying uh, to our old self. And when we are raised uh, from the water, uh, we are saying that we are coming out uh, as a new life. And of course, the transformation has already taken place uh, in your life uh, during the time of salvation. So baptism uh, is simply a public uh, testimony of something that has uh, already happened in your life. So if you're already born again, and if you already have the assurance that you're going to heaven, uh, the question may be why we need to take baptism, right? So so firstly, it shows uh, obedience to the word of God. The word of God is clear that we need to be baptized. And that is also part of the Great Commission that we are told that we should make disciples and we should baptize uh, people. And since Jesus Christ himself uh, was baptized, uh, we are uh, following his example, uh, like he is our role model. And whatever Lord Jesus Christ did, obviously he did what was right. And we also want to do the right thing. And we touched upon this uh, on Sunday too, how we should take baptism. And of course, there are different uh, ways of people have done, uh, either through immersion or by sp simply sprinkling water, which is often done when they baptize the infants. Uh, they don't want to immerse the infants, so they would simply do a sprinkling uh, baptism. Or if they are doing a, a big group, uh, they would do a sprinkle baptism. But we believe that based on the scriptures, uh, immersion 
uh, is what uh, what is the right way to do. And the meaning of baptism is also to immerse. So it, it is consistent with that also. And these are three examples. We saw the life of eunuch uh, when he decided to get baptized. Uh, he also went uh, into the water. So we are seeing that uh, it is a process. He's going into the water, then he's coming out, which means uh, he was uh, immersed uh, during the baptism. And Jesus was also baptized uh, in Jordan River. And he also came out of the water, which means uh, there was immersion there. And we read about John, uh, that he was baptized uh, in much water. So if you're just taking uh, immerse, uh, sprinkling, then obviously you don't need uh, too much water. You just need a few drops. But uh, he was baptized in much water. So in our assembly and many of the believers, uh, we believe that uh, baptism should be by immersion, uh, immersion and not by sprinkle. So if anyone is already baptized uh, through sprinkling, which often happens during the uh, early childhood, uh, we encourage them to take baptism again so that it is in accordance uh, with the scriptures or what we uh, observe. And so the question also comes when we should take uh, baptism, whether we should wait uh, after salvation and uh, wait a few days or a few months or even a few years. So many people feel that even after they have taken, uh, even after they are born again, they are not ready to come out and publicly confess uh, that they are a Christian. Maybe they don't want to tell others that they are Christians. They may be afraid of any kind of backlash or they may simply feel shy to take baptism or they may feel that they are not good enough uh, to take uh, baptism. But those are all not good reasons. Uh, when, we, when we are born again, the Lord will also give us the confidence. And when we are born again, the Lord is uh, wiping away all of our past. So we might have committed uh, many sins, uh, but when we are born again, uh, we are uh, he's creating something new uh, in us and he is making us worthy uh, through the uh, work of Christ to participate in baptism. So we saw that in the life of eunuch, uh, after he heard the word and after he was uh, convinced uh, of the gospel, uh, he himself asked, uh, what doth uh, hinder me to be baptized? And that is definitely the best uh, place to be, where you don't have to be told uh, that you need to take baptism. The Lord himself uh, speaks to you. Uh, he himself convicts you in your heart and prompts you to take the next step, uh, which is baptism. So we don't really force uh, anyone to take baptism. Uh, we strongly believe that it is something that should come uh, from your heart uh, through clear uh, convictions, and you should feel that uh, the Lord is prompting you uh, to take uh, baptism. And we also see in the life of uh, Paul, uh, as soon as uh, he had an encounter with Christ, uh, within a few days, uh, he was also baptized. And the same thing we saw in Acts uh, with the jailer and the household. Uh, after the gospel was preached, uh, all of them were baptized. So in terms of when, uh, it's good to take baptism uh, as soon as we are saved. So when we talk about the blessings uh, of baptism, uh, it is consistent with what we see uh, throughout the scriptures. 
anytime we obey the word of God, uh, anytime we obey the truth uh, that is revealed to us uh, through the scriptures, uh, if you are willing to obey, uh, it will always uh, lead to obedience. It will always lead to uh, blessings. And the same thing is true for baptism. Uh, it is also one of the commandments uh, in the scriptures. So we can apply the same principle that uh, if you're willing to obey uh, in the water of baptism, then you're obeying the word of God, you're obeying the commandment of God, and that should lead to blessings uh, in your life. And we see that uh, in a few examples. Uh, we see that in the experience of Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, maybe you can read Matthew chapter 3, uh, 16 and 17. Yeah. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight away out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Yeah. Okay, so here we see the example of Lord Jesus Christ, which is pretty uh, amazing. So when he takes baptism, we see that the heavens are opened. And in my own uh, personal life, uh, if I were to apply the truth, uh, I see that whenever I take a step of obedience, uh, it takes away all the barriers uh, between me and God, right? So the only barrier uh, between me and God uh, is sin. So if there is any sin in my life, uh, the heaven is always uh, shut. But once that sin is removed, or once the disobedience is removed, uh, it, there is a picture of the heavens being opened or you having a direct uh, communion uh, with the Lord. So that's a great blessing when you can connect uh, with the Lord uh, directly and there are no barriers, there are no hindrances uh, between you and God. And the second thing we see is that the Spirit uh, descended and we believe that uh, the Spirit or the gift of the Holy Spirit uh, is received uh, at the time of salvation. Uh, it is not received at the time of baptism. So when you're born again, uh, you're regenerated uh, in your spirit. And the Lord gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit uh, as an earnest. And thirdly, uh, we see that the Father is well pleased uh, and he speaks. So we that is a great blessing that we see in our spiritual life. Uh, when we are obeying the Lord, uh, we also see that God is uh, well pleased. And we will see him uh, taking uh, a personal interest uh, in our life. We would see him uh, speaking to us uh, in different ways. Uh, mostly when we are reading the scriptures, uh, we can see that the Lord speaks to us uh, very clearly. Uh, and through the scriptures, he's able to guide us. He's able to comfort us. Uh, he's able to convict us. And he's also able to challenge us. So, when we are living a life of disobedience, uh, we are missing all of these blessings, right? The spirit is quenched, uh, the heavens are shut so that you have no access to the throne of grace. And, and you may be reading the Bible uh, very regularly and systematically, but if there is sin in your heart, oftentimes uh, the word is not really uh, doing anything for you. The Lord is, may convict you of your sins, but you'll miss out on the other blessings uh, which the Lord can do uh, when he speaks to us in terms of his guidance and so on. 
And we also see that people who have taken baptism, uh, they also become very bold uh, in their uh, witnessing. So, uh, so many people hesitate to take baptism because uh, they're not really sure uh, whether they are willing to stand up for the Lord. But we have seen uh, in many uh, examples that once they have taken baptism and taken that initial step of proclaiming uh, what they believe in, they go on to be more bold uh, in witnessing for the Lord uh, among their friends or within the church and so on. And it also gives joy, as we saw in the life of eunuch, uh, he went back rejoicing. And we see that our life is transformed, uh, as we see in the life of Paul. Uh, he receives a new mission, and he also, uh, his life is filled with passion. And it is a passion that is driven by the spirit. Uh, it is not driven uh, by the flesh. And that is also exciting to see uh, in our own lives. We see that when we take steps of obedience, uh, God continues to transform our lives. Uh, he continues to separate us uh, from this world, and he gives us a new purpose in life. And, uh, and when God gives us a purpose, uh, it is always more exciting. Uh, it is more rewarding and more fulfilling. So uh, the answer to all of this is no. Does uh, baptism save us? Obviously not. So that's why infant baptism doesn't do anything. Uh, we need to be saved uh, before we can be baptized. And obviously baptism doesn't make us perfect. Uh, we continue to mature uh, in our spiritual life uh, till the Lord returns and gives us uh, glorified bodies. So it is a process that continues uh, till the end. Uh, of our life. And it also does not mean that once we are baptized, uh, there would be no trials, there would be no sufferings. Uh, it is more than likely that once you're baptized, uh, you will face uh, many more trials, many more sufferings. Uh, but the good thing is the Lord will be with us and his grace uh, would be sufficient uh, in all circumstances. So to conclude, uh, baptism, as we said, uh, is a personal uh, decision, and it is something that we must do uh, after we have true understanding of salvation, uh, after we have true understanding of baptism, and also we have the conviction that this is the truth, and you're willing to stand up for it. And obviously, we must not be forced uh, to take baptism. Uh, just because our friends are taking it or our parents tell us or the church uh, is putting pressure. So uh, we must simply pray and decide. And when we do that, God will give us peace. Uh, he'll give us boldness and he'll give us the grace uh, to face uh, any consequences that may come uh, because of taking that step. So eunuch uh, went away uh, rejoicing as we saw in Acts chapter 8. In verse uh, 39. So we'll just read a few verses there, then we'll open it up. So Acts. Okay, so the question, uh, the commandment is very clear in the scriptures that we must be born again. And, and he that believeth and is baptized uh, shall be saved, but he that believeth not uh, shall be damned. So in the scriptures, uh, it is everything is black and white. Uh, there are only two options. Uh, that are given to us, we can either believe or we can choose to reject the gospel. And if we believe, uh, it leads to a different path. 
uh, it puts us in communion with God and it leads to eternal life and eternity in heaven. But if you choose to reject, uh, the Bible is also very clear that we will be condemned and we will be uh, in hell for all of eternity. So we'll just read uh, Acts chapter 8, uh, verse uh, 37. 